I don't know if they were nurses, but the ladies that were with me, just looking at me and I was crying and they were like, calm down, like calm down, you know, please, like you need to calm down. I was like, I don't want to do this. And they're like, are you sure? Like, what is it that you want? Like, are you okay? And I was like, I was just crying and I was crying and they were like, it's going to be quick, you know? <laughs> I was like, okay. So I had the abortion and I was broken. I was crying and crying and when he saw me, he started to cry and he said, I'm sorry. And I was like, what? When my dad found out that my mom was pregnant, he left. Um, he told my mom that I, I wasn't his. Um, and I grew up thinking, thinking that. I grew up believing that. So I didn't grow up with my dad, honestly. I would try to make an effort to see him. Mm. And my mom would always tell me, like, why would you want that? Why would you want to be with someone who just rejected you? He's not worth it. He's, he doesn't even care about you. And I remember I would always fight with her to see him. Like, since I was a little girl, since I was, like, four years old, I would always push, Mom, I want to see him, Mom. I want to know him. And I would get to, but it would be, like, it would be, like, once a year. So I, I don't have a lot of memories, like, of my dad when I was younger. You know, he would come in and out of my life all the time. And I grew up um, honestly feeling just, just, like, abandoned, you know, very, like, rejected by my dad. And I, I didn't understand, you know, why he left. And I didn't understand why my mom was telling me what she told, you know, she would tell me, like, if it was because of something that I did, you know, like, why didn't he love me? Why didn't he fight for me, you know, the way that I fought for him? I wanted to be in his life, but he never fought to be in mine. At one point, we were living with other people, like, in a, in a home, and I was, like, like, five or six. I would share a room with someone. I had my own bed, and then they had their bed, like, right next to me. And um, I remember I was alone with this person. Um, I don't know where my mom was, honestly, but I was alone with this person and um, I was laying on the bed with them. And this person just started like touching me. You know, he started like um, just playing with my hair. He started looking at me and I, I was like really curious and I was like, why is he touching me? And so like I started to touch him. Like I touched his his arm. Like he started to touch like, you know, my private parts, like my breasts, like my legs, my butt. And that's when I was like, I feel like uncomfortable, you know? And like, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to like say no. I didn't know how to stop. I was really like shy. I was really afraid. So I kind of would just be like, I would move away. You know, I would like get off of the bed to look like, oh, is someone coming? So that maybe like he would stop. And, um, he, he didn't. He would just keep touching me and touching me. And I would just, I kind of like froze. And then for some reason, like he just like reacted and, and he stopped. He completely stopped. And I think it was because, um, honestly, like I could feel it in like my heart and I was so young, but I, I felt that he, he regretted it because he was someone really, really close to me. Like he was like my dad, you know, um, and he left, he just left, he left the apartment completely. And I was, I was there alone. So that honestly like opened up the door to like a lot in my life. When I was like in middle school, I started like experimenting with um, like pornography. I started like experimenting with masturbation. Honestly, I even think it started before middle school. 
I remember that I would just be very curious, you know, like I remember that when I would go to my grandma's house, like I found some, you know, like magazines and things like that. And I, I, I was just looking at it and I, I would just keep on looking at it. And um, that also just like started stirring up things in my mind and, and I would begin to just do things like on my own, you know, I, I would watch porn like all the time. It was, it was, it was, it was really toxic. It was really heavy. And I grew up with that, you know, no one knew, like my mom didn't know that I was doing that. My grandma didn't know, like other than that, I didn't really have anyone else in my life, you know, so no one knew. I didn't tell friends at school because if people know that you're doing that, they would either think that you're crazy or like a slut or something like that. And so I just, I, I just carried that, you know, with myself. I was in middle school and I, and I met a, like a really good friend. Um, she came from New Zealand. Her dad was a diplomat. We would hang out like all the time. Like she was so awesome. She had a big family. She had a brother. She had like three sisters, mom and dad. And I loved spending time with them. Like I, I loved it because they had something that I didn't, you know, they had stability, they had a home, they had a family, you know, and when I became really close to her, they took me in as like their daughter too. Um, they would feed me, they would take me places with them. They would invite me everywhere and they always took care of me. And I was like spending time with her and the family for like months until one day, like the mom was like, do you want to come to church with us? And it was like months after. And I was like, yeah, like, sure, why not? And so um, I was actually just going back a little bit. Um, I was actually, I was raised in church. I, I was Catholic. My grandma would take me to church all the time. I was baptized when I was a baby. And um, I remember doing my first communion and I was going to do my confirmation. But during that, those times, like it was really difficult. Like I would tell my mom, I don't want to go anymore because I, I was I was watching porn and I was masturbating. And I remember that for us to be able to like receive something like we couldn't be like sinning. And so we would have to go to the priest and we would have to confess. And um, I felt shamed. I felt so guilty. Like I didn't want to share my secrets with anyone. And like, I knew that if I didn't speak up or I didn't ask him, like, like God wasn't going to forgive me. So I decided like, mom, I just, I really don't want to go. Please don't make me go. Like I've been going my whole life and, and I just don't want to go back to church anymore, you know, with my grandma. And so when... Um, when my friend's mom, like when she extended that invitation, I was kind of like caught off guard. I was like, uh, I don't know if I really want to go to this, you know, like this is going to be weird. Um, like, what is it like? And things like that. And she's like, if, only if you feel comfortable, like you don't have to come if you don't want to. Um, we have like, you know, children's, um, ministry, we have middle school ministry. So you'd be going with, with my friend at the time. Her name was Sienna. And I was like, okay, like I want to go. And so I went with her and it was completely different than what I grew up in, you know, because it, it was a Christian church. And so it was not like what I expected. I didn't see people dressed like in white, you know, I didn't see like a priest up there and then like um, candles everywhere, things like that. It was just so different, you know, um, when I was there, it honestly felt like it really felt like um, like I belonged. It felt like I was known you know, like I was heard and, and not just that, like 
I was like discovering like who Jesus really was, like who, who God was, you know, like I grew up knowing that there was God and I had to obey God, but I didn't know why, you know, I didn't know what that meant, what that looked like. Um, and I fell in love. I fell in love with God. Sorry. It's okay. I mean, and, and tell us a little bit about that moment, because obviously you're 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 getting emotional by it. If you could just describe in more words what you felt yeah. in those moments coming into His presence, it was uh, sorry. Um, it was beautiful, like the best thing that has ever happened. I would feel loved. I would feel loved. You know, like regardless of everything that I had done. I was only 13 and I had lived so much, you know, like sexual brokenness. Like I felt so accepted and loved by him. You know, I felt, I felt safe. I felt like he was just, he was, he was there. He was speaking to me. So I, I told my mom, I shared it with her. I shared my experience with her and, and my mom was Catholic too. And, and she was just like, she was like, well, you know, I'm the one who's taking care of you, you know, like you're only 13. You can't be making decisions on your own like that. And um, I was like, no, mom, like, please, like, understand me. Like, please let me go. Like, I want to I want to be with Jesus. Like, I, I thought that Jesus was there. So I wanted to be there for some time. She was like, no, I don't I don't want you to go. And then like I would always ask her mom, like, you know, talk to Sienna's mom, like, please let me go. And so she started to let me go. And then my grandma started to have this conversation with, I mean, my mom started to have this conversation with my grandma about um me attending this new church and that it was a Christian church. And my grandma was completely like against it. Um, She stopped talking to us for like three months and she was not happy with that, you know, like at all. And um, I was like, well, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm I'm sorry, like I, I, what I had experienced was so much greater than whether my grandma was going to be mad at me or my mom. Like I, I didn't care and it sounds bad, but I honestly didn't. So I started going to the church. I started serving. And at this point, the church was in a high school and they had bought like a building and they were going to start like setting up and creating everything. So I remember I would go, I would serve. And um, at the church, that's where I discovered that like I loved worship um, I loved worship. I started playing on the worship team and, you know, from 13 to 14, it was just the most beautiful like experience ever. You know, I met other people. I met Jesus. I started becoming so curious. You know, someone gave me a Bible, like a student Bible. And I just started reading the student Bible. Like I couldn't put it down. Like something inside of me was like, I, I just, I want more. I want more and more and more. And so, um, that's what I did. I would just like, like just breathe Jesus like all the time. Um, and at the church, I I had met someone that I started to like. You know, I I was like, wow, I really like this person and things like that. But we were we were just friends. And um, before I got into this relationship, I was still you know struggling with like masturbating. I was still struggling with wanting attention, you know, from other guys. I, I didn't share this at all with anyone at church because I didn't know that I could, you know. Um, the church that I went to at the time, like, we never really discussed those topics, you know. 
Um, so because we never talked about them, I felt like if I brought them up, I would just be like rejected again, you know? So I, I hid, you know, my sin was just hidden for so long. And so when I met this person and we became friends and we started liking each other, talking to each other, um, we started dating and it was, it was great for some time, but I, I was very, I was very broken. I was very toxic. I would act out in ways that I saw my grandma act out towards her husband. I would say things or do things like very manipulative to get him to just spend time with me, to get him to love me more. So I would start, I, I opened the door to literally, like I opened the door in his life where I introduced him to like a lot of sexual things. From there, I ended up losing my, my virginity. And um, when I lost my virginity, like I I felt I felt bad, you know, like it's not what I wanted. I was disappointed in myself and um I knew that I had hurt someone else. You know, I knew that I had brought someone out of this promise that they had made um to just be with me because I wanted I I wanted to be manipulative because I wanted to keep him and and I and I did just that, you know. I did just that. And so some time passed and after that, like the relationship just crumbled. You know, I was young. We were only 16. We ended things and we stopped talking completely. And I left the church. And that's when a lot of things just started happening in my life. I entered into depression. That was the first time that I had entered into something so like deep where I, I couldn't eat. I didn't take care of myself. I wouldn't shower. I would cry. I would stay in my room. I contemplated so many times, like cutting myself, you know, like all of these thoughts started coming into my head. When I would get like angry, when I would cry, I would just like squeeze myself or I would pull my hair like so much, like opened up, like in my life, I started smoking. I started hanging out with people that did drugs, you know, that loved partying, that loved drinking. And I just started smoking. I started drinking a lot. Um, and I, I met this guy, I met this guy who was in the same lifestyle as me, who was broken, just like me. And we attracted each other, you know, it was, it was sexual the whole time it was filled with sex. Um, but it was also filled with a lot of, a lot of manipulation. Um, I remember it was my senior year and I was playing soccer and I got kicked off of the soccer team because I wouldn't show up. I would I would be high with with this guy. My mom didn't like him at all. I remember one time she she called the cops when I was with him. She called the cops twice and both times they found me at home, but she had called them because I had like, you know, escaped to be with him. And so this person in my life was causing like a lot of just a lot of bad things, you know, and I was I was allowing it. I was with him and our relationship was on and off. I found out that he cheated on me. That was the first time that I had been cheated on. And I felt very like felt like I didn't even matter. You know, I, I wanted to give my all to this person, but they didn't love me. They didn't accept me. And so I just would keep going back to the places that I was hurt. You know, and trying to find myself, I just got so lost. I would try to find value and and people that hurt me. I would try to find worth and in so many different places that just kept hurting me and hurting me and hurting me. 
And I stayed, I stayed with this person. I went back with him. I remember one time I used to work at Five Guys and um, he was supposed to pick me up from work and um, he got there and supposedly he had heard like a rumor about me saying that like I had done something and he didn't like that. And so he called me out. I went out, had all my stuff and I go up to him like, hey, like, are you ready? And he was like, he just looked at me and he started laughing at me. And he'd be like, I don't want anything to do with you. You're a slut. And he just drove, he drove off. And I remember like, I, I was just, I was like, what just happened? I was crying and I, I walked over to like a gas station and I was, I was in tears. I was broken. I didn't want to reach out to my mom. You know, I didn't want to disappoint her. I didn't want her to know that I was still with him. I ran into just random people and I asked them like, hey, can you guys give me a ride home? I didn't know who they were and I just got in the car and I cried. I cried in the back seat, like broken, like thinking about my whole life. Like it was a really, really heavy time for me. And um, I got home, <laughs> I got home safe, which was good. I was really thankful for these people, you know, like they just, after they dropped me off, um, they got out of the their car and they just hugged me and they said like, you're gonna be okay. I didn't know who they were. I didn't get their number. And I was like, okay, thank you. I went back, I went back with him again, but things started escalating, you know, like he was, he was very like manipulative with my emotions, controlling, um, but he also started to just get a little bit physical. You know, the first time happened, we were having an argument and he just, he pushed me down to the ground. And I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck? And I was like, you know what? Like, let's just not talk about this anymore. And he just kept screaming and screaming at me. And I was like, okay. And, um, after that, um, I found out that like, I found out that like I, w I was pregnant and I was scared. I was really scared. I knew I didn't want to be with this person and I, I was just really afraid of what could happen to me, what could happen to like the child that I was carrying. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell my friends. I was just really alone. And I told him and he was just in shock and he was like, well, like, you know, what do we do? And I was like, well... I don't know. And he was like, I don't want to be with you. And he broke up with me. I was just kind of alone by myself. I decided that I didn't want to have the baby. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And in my heart, I knew what I was doing was wrong. But, but I did it anyways. And that... You know, having an abortion for years, for like six, seven years, I lived in so much shame. I had never carried so much weight before in my life. I was so unhappy. I was so broken after I had the abortion. And, you know, I did everything that I could to just get money, you know, so that I could have it. I told him I was going to do it. And he was like, okay, that's fine. You know, like, you can go ahead and do that. I'll take you and everything. And, Okay, so it ended up happening, and um, it was very traumatic, you know, not just for me, but for my mom, for my family members, the ones who saw me there broken. 
you know, once after that, you know, I graduated, I got good grades, I got accepted into college, and my life was starting to like pick up again. You know, I didn't want to give up on myself. I didn't want to give up on myself at all. Um, so I left to college. I left to go play soccer in Texas. Um, and I stayed there for some time. And I was just focusing on just really like um, forgetting things, not healing, but forgetting things completely, you know, what I had lived through. And then um, I decided to come back. And when I came back, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, like I didn't have a plan. And so because I didn't have a plan, I just started drinking. I started going out. I went to my first rave and then I ended up loving it. Mm. And I was I was going to ask you before you go into into that part um where where was God in all of this as was mm. what were you hearing from him or did you just completely isolate yourself? Mm. Where was your relationship with God in that time? I completely isolated myself from God. I didn't go back to church at all. I would hear God. I would write, I journaled all the time to God, but I never wanted to go back to God. And I didn't know why when I knew he wasn't the one who hurt me. Now that I speak of it, it was actually more so because I felt really guilty that like I let him down. How could I go back to God after having an abortion? How could I go back to God after hurting my mom? How could I go back? I would always think that. And I never went back, but I, like I said, I would always write. And that's as close as I would get to him. I would just always write. I would write songs and I would play guitar. Like I stayed with like worship and I would just do that in my room. But that was as close as I got to God during those times. Hmm. I never wanted to get closer because I was just afraid during those times. Like I still stayed, you know, with masturbation and pornography. I was never you know, set free from that during that time. I was still like just living in that all the time. And um, when I came back, like I said, I started smoking, I started partying, I started going to raves and it was something that I would do every single week. During that time, I didn't have any relationships. I wasn't with anyone. Um, I wanted to stay single. I wanted to take care of myself. By taking care of myself, it was like, I just didn't want to get hurt again. So I didn't want to be with someone. I didn't want them to know me. I didn't want my to expose like my heart. I didn't want to share it with anyone. A year went by and I met someone. I met someone at the mall. I was waiting in line and I saw this person. They saw me. And then somehow on Instagram, we found each other. And so I met this person and I started talking to this person. I started partying with this person. I would go out with this person all the time. And he became like a friends with benefits. And then I ended up starting like liking this person. And I remember when I liked him, um, he had gotten out of a relationship from high school that he was in for a couple of years. And um, the backstory is important because when I wanted to be with him and I would pursue him and I would talk to him, I would be there for him, he would always tell me no. He'd be like, no, I, I can't be with you. And I'd just be like, why? You know, and he'd be like, no, because you're not my ex, because you're not good enough. You're not like her. You're not going to make me feel what she made me feel. He would always tell me that. And I would, I would cry all the time. I would cry so much. I wanted to be like her. 
I wanted to be like anyone that would catch his attention. I wanted to be enough. I wanted to be loved. (laughs) But I wasn't enough to be loved. We would still have sex. So, you know, I felt used. But I didn't care. I would allow myself to be used because I would tell myself eventually he'll fall in love. Eventually he'll accept you. But he would always bring up his ex. He would always bring up like, you don't do things like she did. Or I can't love you because I'm still in love with her. Or so many things. And I remember um, one time after a party, like I was really, really drunk and wasted. And I couldn't make the drive all the way from Towson, you know, back home. And um, I stayed over and we had unprotected sex. And I got pregnant again. I remember that um, when I told him, I I didn't even let him speak. I didn't let him react. And I said, I'm keeping this baby. Mm. You know, I was like, this happened to me before and I'm not going to make the same mistake again. And he was in shock and he was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I can't do anything right now for you. Like, I'm in college. You're going to ruin my life. You're going to ruin my life. I felt horrible. I didn't want to ruin his life. I was so marked by like the words that everyone said to me. And so I remember, I remember we were in a car outside of Chipotle. And, you know, while we were having that conversation, after he told me that, he was like, You're going to ruin my life. And if you have this baby, I'm never going to have a chance with my ex again. I was like, Wow. Okay. And he was like, I don't want you to have this baby. And I was like, but I do. And he was like, I don't. We need to figure this out. And I was like, okay. So some time just went by, maybe like a week. You know, he still hadn't changed his mind. And he was just telling me, like, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Like, I don't want this child you know you don't want this child, like, I won't be able to be with Becca again, like, please, like, please, like, think about me, think about us, and I was like, okay, I was like, that's fine, I went to an abortion clinic, and this time, like, I can remember it so clearly, I remember just laying down, I don't know if there were nurses, but the ladies that were with me, just looking at me and I was crying and they were like calm down like calm down you know please like you need to calm down I was like I don't want to do this and they're like are you sure like what is it that you want like are you okay and I was like I was just crying and I was crying and they were like it's gonna be quick you know (laughs) I was like okay so I had the abortion and I was broken. I was crying and crying. And when he saw me, he started to cry. And he said, I'm sorry. And I was like, what? And I remember that that same week, he decided to go to a party. And I saw that he was with someone else. And I freaked out. You know, I was like, how can you do this after you you just had an abortion? Like, you're crazy. Like... I was like, I need you, you know, like, I'm going through stuff. And I was going through stuff that week. I was going through it. I couldn't believe that I had done it again. I couldn't believe that I allowed it. I was so angry with myself. 
And I remember that Saturday night, I decided that, like, you know what? Like, I, I want to kill myself. I don't deserve to be alive. You know, I, I was yelling. I was, I was yelling in the car to God. And I was like, just why? You know, why, God? Where are you? If you're here, like, I need you right now. Like, I need you. Like, please take this pain away. And I remember hearing a voice that wasn't his. And that would tell me, you, you want the pain to be away? You want the pain to be taken away? Kill yourself and you won't feel it. And so I remember that um, I was talking to him. I was texting him and I told him what I was going to do. I took a, you know, like a bottle of just a bunch of Advil's, like the whole bottle. I swallowed it all. And he called, he called the police. I started driving and I don't know how, but they found me on in the street. <laughs> and they pulled me over. The ambulance came. I remember, like I was sitting there. I was so like scared because I was in the street and everyone was watching and I was like, what am, what's going on? Like, what's going to happen? Like, my mom's going to find out. And um, this young guy, like my age, he told me that he was, he was actually younger than me. <laughs> he opens the door and he's like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, I'm okay. He was like, okay, I, I just need to check you right now. I just need to make sure that you're okay. Keep on talking to me. And I was talking to him and I was like, why, why are you here? Like, why do you do this? Like, you're so young. He just told me like, you know, God told me to do this. God told me to, to, to do this. And I was just like, I just cried. I just kept crying, crying and crying, crying and crying. I was taken to the hospital. You know, they took everything away from me because I was in danger to myself, in danger to other people. And um, the only person that knew that I contacted was my aunt <laughs> again. And so she came and then my mom ended up finding out and my mom was just destroyed. She's like, what's going on? You know, what's happening? She just started crying and crying. And she was, I was like, mom, I don't want to talk to you. Like I was just trying to just isolate myself from my mom too. After that, like I just focused on recovering, you know, I focused on myself. How old were you when that, when that, uh, when that happened? I think I was probably, um, 20. 20. At what age did you come back into relationship with the Lord? I don't know, maybe like 22, 23? You're 25 now? Yeah, I'm going to be 26. Okay. Yeah, like 21, five yeah. years ago. So... Yeah. So, so tell us about that. What was, what was that like? Obviously now you've, you've reached another low point in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now you're focusing your eyes on, okay, let's, let's get better. How, how did it go from there to now you're encountering that God that you encountered yeah. when you were 13? So I came to King of the Nations. Um, I was invited by one of my friends from high school to just play soccer with um, the soccer team that they had. And so I went out. I liked it. Everyone was super nice. And then she invited me on a Friday night. And so I was just kind of hesitant, you know, because I didn't, like I said, I didn't want anything to do with God, 
you know, I would keep him at a distance, even though I would still write to him. I would still pray. I would still do things like that, but I didn't want to get too involved. I didn't want to get too deep with him because I didn't want him to see what was just hidden. I didn't want him to see how damaged I was, how ugly I was, because in reality, I saw myself as ugly. I saw myself like just really, really ugly. And so, um, when she invited me, I didn't come. And then she invited me again. I was like, okay, I'm going to come. And it was another Friday night. And, um, when I was here, like it was, it was good. It was beautiful. It was different. Um, I didn't necessarily like encounter the Lord that night. Um, but like I cried in his presence, you know, I felt just like crying and crying and I heard the message and then I, and then I left. And then she invited me again and I was like, okay, I want to go again. Like, yes, I'm going to be there. And so I came and I would just cry in the presence of the Lord, but nothing, nothing else really. And so I kept on coming, you know, it became more of like, I, I want to make the choice to come. You know, it wasn't really because like I had an encounter and now I'm just going to start coming. It was just, it was really gradual, you know, like I would cry, I would, you know, enjoy it. I would talk to people. Okay, I'm going to come again. And then I came again and again, just little by little, the Lord, he was always there, you know, um, but I started seeing him more. I started recognizing him and I was afraid, but that fear started to just fall off little by little. You know, I wasn't afraid of him anymore. And I remember one time I asked for prayer. When I asked for prayer, you know, this person didn't know my personal stuff. They didn't know any of that. Um, and as they were praying for me, they had mentioned, you know, the abortions. Uh -huh. And I just knew it was the Lord, you know. And I, I started I started coming back. Here at King of the Nations, I started to just fall in love with Jesus, you know, but it took a really long time. It still is a process, but I was really broken. I was really ashamed. There was a lot of self-condemnation more than anything. People said things to me all the time that you're unworthy, that you're this and that you're that. But I would say those things to myself all the time. You know, I started having encounters with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit. Prophetic words started to happen. Prophetic dreams. All of these things started to happen in my life. Um, but honestly, the most important part of it all was just like, I met Jesus again. He just, he took me in. And I knew that it was him because in this place, when I was here with these people, they showed me the love of Jesus. I told them things that I did. I told them the things that I'm telling you and they did not turn their back on me. Mm -hmm. They didn't reject me. And I knew that, that that was just God's heart listening to me. That was the beginning. That was the very beginning of it. It was, it was something just so gradual, something so sweet. It took a lot because I would resist sometimes. I would still go back to partying and drinking. That was a huge part of my life. But as I would receive prayer, I was being delivered from things. I had never, like, since I started coming to this church, I have not seen pornography. I have not masturbated at all. Like, the Lord set me free here in this in this place. Like, he set me free from that. He healed 
my sexual brokenness like he healed like i felt i saw myself in such a bad way like you have no idea how i saw myself like can you imagine like a woman like a young girl with two abortions who was sleeping around and smoking like i was disgusted by myself it took a long time to say hey i forgive you i had to forgive myself I forgave, you know, the other people. I forgave my dad. I forgave, you know, my first boyfriend, my second one, the third one that I I forgave them all, but I, I could not forgive myself. I couldn't. It was really hard. Now, Angie, you you are married. Yes. <laughs> you did get married uh, two, two, one year ago, two years two ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> You got married to Daniel, which is mm-hmm. which is a friend. Can you tell us about that? You you you've met him here at no. Well, you didn't meet him. You didn't meet him here. You meet him outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Can you just tell us about that situation? How did it come about? Yeah. Um, and what you guys had to go through to get to getting married. Sure. So uh, just a little bit of backstory. Um, I met him in 2018, and in 2017 was when I began to began um, coming to church here. And this is this is really important. It's part of it because I remember that um I had a dream. I had a dream of, of a box. And in the box, um, it, it was Katie, she was giving me this box. And when I opened the box, it said Daniel three. And Daniel three and Daniel four. And so I just I started reading it. I remember when I read it, like I woke up and I didn't remember. I was in the bathroom, I was brushing my teeth, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I just, I had a dream. I had a Bible verse. I got to read it, right? And so I started reading it and um, I started crying. I was just crying. And I was like, I don't know what this means or why, but I was just crying. It was really funny because I remember like, you know, what I remember why I I read it and what it meant in that moment. But I remember as I kept on praying about it and praying about it, like the Lord shared with me um, how I was going to be with someone named named Daniel. And I was really confused because the person that I was with and that I had an abortion with, um, his name was Daniel. And then I remember that afterwards I was with someone who was also named Daniel. So I was really confused, but the, the name Daniel had a huge significance in my life. And in 2018, I was working at Apple at the time and he came in, had to get his phone fixed, and that's how we met. I remember that I invited him to church, and so he came out to church. Um, but right after church, we decided that we wanted to go out dancing with my cousin. And so we went out dancing. Um, while we were there, we were dancing, and immediately, like not knowing this person after just meeting them, you know, during one appointment, I kissed this person. And I was, I was really like, um, I was struggling with that because I had felt the Lord earlier that year share with me that I had to literally like surrender and walk away from this lifestyle or it was going to stay with me for the rest of my life. When he told me that, I, I, I did it. I was like, okay, every person that, ever, not every person I was talking to, but the person I was talking to at the time, like it wasn't a good relationship for me. I knew where it was leading. I I, I had to cut it off, you know. Um, I just, I stayed just like, okay, Lord, like, please help me surrender this to you. Like, I, I didn't want it. And when I met him um, and that happened, I was like, this isn't from the Lord. This isn't God. But I was my flesh, my flesh. I really wanted to 
to be with him. There was something about him that I liked. I remember when I met him and he came to church and we started talking, I was really afraid because I was like, are you, how, how, do you, how are you going to feel here? You know, I don't know if like you're Christian or if you're Catholic, you're probably Catholic, right? You know, because he's Latino and everything. And he was like, no, like I'm, I'm Christian actually. And I was like, okay. So we went out dancing and everything. We had our first kiss. We kept on talking. And then I came to find out that like, no, I was raised. He told me I was raised in a, in a Christian family in a Christian church all of my life. I was really surprised because I was like, you know, if you're like, like if you were raised in a Christian church, like why are you partying? Right. <laughs> I was like, that's what I'm thinking over here. And after that, we just, we kept on talking. We kept on hanging out. And one thing led to another. We got very sexual, very quick. It was within probably like two weeks or so. And I had felt Ooh, I was really upset with myself again. I remember I would cry in the bed after having sex and he's there and I would be weeping on the floor. And he'd be like, oh, what's wrong? Like, it's okay. Like, we won't do it again. Like, let's pray about this. Like, you know, things like that. I would be weeping. You know, I didn't really understand that. Um, he had his own issues too you know, and I had my own and we both brought them together. And it was like those issues kind of like became one and it, you know, it became stronger. You know, we became more and more sexually active and, um, his parents, you know, found out and his parents did not, you know, approve of that. They were not okay with that. Um, we started going to church together, you know, where his parents went and we started sharing our struggles you know, because we knew that, hey, I want, I want something different. You want something different too. But we stayed in sin. You know, we stayed having sex. It, we just kept it a secret. We tried to pretend to be another couple in the church. And then outside of church, we would live a different lifestyle. It became very toxic and really quickly. And I knew that, man, this is probably not the best decision for me right now. We just kept on having sex for like a while. Every time we had it, just tears, tears and tears. It was, it was really heavy. At some points he would even cry too. After that, like, you know, we would, we would always like pray about it. You know, it was kind of confusing because we would want something, but then we would do something else and then we would pray for something else, but then we would still end up doing something else. So it didn't really make much sense to us, you know? We felt really like, you know, there's no way out. And if it's not going to be easy, we're not going to do it anymore. Like, forget about it. Like, let's just do what we want to do. And during our relationship, um, there were a couple of times where, like, I had felt very, like, very insecure, you know, because of the things that he had gone through, because of things that were happening. Insecurity just came creeping in, like, so deep. I remember that at that point, once I started feeling the insecurity, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. We, we break up or we, we find, we find help, right? Because we knew what we wanted. You know, I told him, I don't want to just date anyone anymore. I want to get married and I want to do things right. And he wanted to do things right too. He wanted to mostly do things right for me because he wanted to be with me. But I was like, I want to do things right. And so I remember we had a conversation with, um, two pastors in Colombia, like through Zoom. And there were pastors that he used to walk with when he was there. 
they pretty much told us like, if you guys are just gonna keep doing this, like break up, you know, like what you guys are doing, like before the Lord is like, it's not acceptable. Like they were just really like straight up with mm -hmm. us. Uh, we were both like, whoa, like this is, this is it, this is crazy. I remember, you know, during that time, like it was around that time, like there were some things that were happening between us and I like broke up with him and I was crying and I was praying to the Lord. I was asking him for direction because I was like, God, you know, like I'm seeing all of these like red signs, like warning signs that this person is not the person I should be with. And the Lord, I remember like he, the Lord would speak to me. He would be like, go, go back and forgive him. Go back and forgive him. He would just, that, that's what I would hear from the Lord, go back. And I was just like, no, God, like, why would you want me to go back to a place that you see, like, we are struggling? You know, you see that I am hurt. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I was, I was angry with him. And so the Lord would tell me, like, go back and forgive. And so I remember after that, I, I went back and I told him that I forgave him. So after that and the conversation that we had with um, the pastors, we made a decision where we're like, we don't want, we don't want to keep doing this anymore. We're not going to have sex anymore. And that was it. It was, it was literally like, just like that from that moment forward until the day that we got married, we did not have sex anymore. And um, the Holy Spirit was very like specific with things that I had to do. And we wouldn't like hang out past certain hours or I would not have him touch me, you know, any lower than a specific spot. Um, we wouldn't kiss longer than two seconds, no making out. Like there, it was very specific. And I knew that I had to do that. And the Holy, because the Holy Spirit told me to, but it wasn't just that he told me to, like he gave me the grace to do it because I wasn't gonna, I wasn't able to do it by myself. I like, I wanted to be with him. I, I knew I wanted to be with him. So from that moment, Till we got married, it was like a year and a half or so. And we completely just, we completely like walked in just like restoring like ourselves, you know, our sexual brokenness because he came with his own, I came with my own. And um, it was really the Holy Spirit that helped us. You know, it was really God, like we weren't walking with anyone else. So how could we have done it ourselves? It wasn't us. It just, it wasn't, it was him. It was something in my life. It was a way that I had never felt the Holy Spirit before, the way that like he carried us through like with grace. I would fight with God all the time. I would be so angry. But his hand, like his he just never left us. You know what I mean? Like he was always there with us. It was it was hard. Like I had to not just stop having sex with this person that I wanted to get married with and that I already had sex with. But all the guilt that came in again. I had to go through a process of just surrendering that to the Lord, healing my heart, and it was really hard. Like, I was I was stuck in unforgiveness for many years until probably before we got engaged. I was I just could not forgive myself. I could not forgive myself for all of the mistakes that I made because it wasn't just one mistake, but there were repeated mistakes. There were the same mistakes. And I was like, I should have learned from that, you know, that happened twice, that happened five times, but I, I, I would go back. So I, I carried that for a long time. 
very briefly talk to us about about that process of forgiveness um, mm-hmm. and to the specific areas that you wanted forgiveness and you know obviously we know about about the sexual trauma and and you know what that led to as far as addiction to pornography and masturbation mm-hmm. the, the 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 um the abortions how how was he able to take you through that healing part like what did he do mm-hmm. for you to be able to forgive yourself yeah. from that past the holy spirit like he loved me through every single moment i remember like um there it would be really personal moments you know, with God in my room, just crying. I remember like the Holy Spirit um, would just bring peace. He would bring peace and something that stayed with me from the moment that I started coming back to church again till till now, it, it always does. Like the Holy Spirit always reminds me that like, I wanna exchange everything that you have, give it all to me. I wanna give you peace. I want to give you life. I want to give you freedom. I want I want you. I want you, Angie, to allow yourself to be loved by me. That's something that he would he would just tell tell me like all the time, whether it be something that I would read, whether it be through someone that spoke to me, but the Holy Spirit was always reminding me that my purpose was just to be loved by him. That was it. That was my purpose, to having an intimate relationship with him, to knowing him. You know, it took a lot of, like, time. Like, I, I partnered up with people. I walked with people and, like, and just, um, and, and healing my heart because I was really damaged. And I'm thankful because God, um, he just met me with such gentleness and love. And something that, like, I felt like he did was just, like, every time that, I think about the things that have happened or I look back to see, you know, how far the Lord has taken me. Like, yeah, like I w- I'll cry or things like that, but the Lord has healed my heart or like I don't feel resentment anymore. Mm. I don't feel resentment towards the people that hurt me. I don't feel resentment towards myself. I don't feel resentment towards God. Like I I feel I feel free, you know, and it's crazy because like the Lord shared with me how everything, you know, everything that I went through, he was going to turn it around and use it for good. Mm. And he has. I've seen it in my life. He's so faithful. We're so lucky to know him, to love him. And who is Jesus to you? Jesus to me is my best friend. I don't want to say this, but he's my homie. He's someone that I can run to with everything. He never turns his back on me. He's never left me. He's someone that is so faithful and loyal. He's honestly just, he's my best friend and he's my father. He's my rock. He's hes my man, you know. He has taken me through everything and I know he'll continue to do so. I love him, you know, and yeah. he loves me. And it's a privilege to just be here with him, you know every day to spend every day of my life with him that's who jesus is to me (laughs) for women who are are watching your testimony right now who have gone through abortions we know this is something that's that's very very much in our culture right now you know it's it's a conversation that that is constantly happening um and a lot of us even as men we don't we don't understand sometimes right of of how how much it impacts 
women, right? Um, and obviously you experienced that with a man who didn't have an understanding of how much this was going to impact you. And so I, I just want you to take a quick moment um, to speak to one women who have gone through that and now you being on the other side and being able to forgive yourself and being able to um, uh, walk with the Lord, I want you to speak to them. Um, and then I want you to also speak to uh, the men that may be in that similar position. What can you say to them? That anyone who has been through it, anyone who is contemplating it, um, I want you to know that that all of the worry, all of the anxiety, all of the uncertainty, like it's okay. It's not just okay, but that you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You know, what's hidden can't be healed. And so it's important that um, it's not just about an abortion. It's about everything before that too. And it's important to seek community. It's important to have someone that will speak life into you and I want people to know that like you're not alone and it, and it's really really scary. It's really scary but the Holy Spirit is with you like don't ever doubt it. You don't have to feel him to know that he is faithful and that he is with you. If you've already done it, if you've already had an abortion just like I have, I want people to know that we're not the first and we're not the last. And it's hard. It's really hard. You don't have to carry with that shame and guilt. It's not yours. It's not. There is freedom. God wants to restore you. God wants to love you. He wants to love you so well into just restoring you and bringing you into this place of, of just freedom. Because there is freedom. It's, it's, it's hard to believe that after we made such a terrible decision that we can be loved, but that is who, that is God. God is love and that's, that's who he is. We aren't loved by the things that we do. He, he it's, his, it's in his nature to love us, you know, and he, and he loves you. Never doubt it. You, you can go living life, you know, but never doubt that God loves you you know, and he's there to just receive you. Whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready to speak, whenever you're ready to, whenever you're just ready, like he's there for you. To the men, um, it's a very like difficult thing that like a woman has to go through, but it's just as difficult for men. I saw the, just the impact that it had on the person that I had the second abortion with. And it opened up my eyes to understanding that like men may not necessarily talk about things a lot or express, you know, emotions, but if you're hurt, it's okay. And Jesus loves you and he's going to heal you. But it's important to not ignore like what, what you're feeling, you know, it's important because, um, it can sit there. It'll sit there and sit there and, and then it'll, it'll open up the door to a lot of like self-condemnation, you know, um, just because maybe you're not the one sitting there or going through it um, doesn't mean that you're not feeling it. 
my only advice for men is just to um just hear out the other person the person that that is pregnant you know just listen to them first you know you may feel a certain way you may have a certain opinion um but to to listen to them too and to speak it's important to speak don't hold it in i think that's it angie any last words for people watching your testimony in this moment you may feel unworthy of being loved just like i did but man, God loves you. God loves you so much. <laughs> so, so much.